So last week, we talked about Chanakya, talking about the three stages of child's uh, development and the, your how your behavior needs to change across one, two, and three. And they are zero to five, that you have to treat the child like a prince or princess, six to 15, where you discipline, and 16 plus, where you treat them like a friend. Okay, what does this mean from your point of view? As a parent, what this means is that you need to be prepared that there are three gears in how you treat this young person in your life. In the first one, you're pampering, right? But you get to feel that you're in charge. You have almost full control. And for many parents, they don't want to let go of that control. And that's a disease. Don't be a diseased parent. Okay, so that means after they are six years old, you have to switch gears where your role is now to enable learning to land and it need not come from you. Learning must land in the child and you are now the manager of learning landing. And some comes from you, some comes from dad, some comes from mom, some comes from grandparents, some comes from aunts, some comes from school teachers, some comes from friends. And you, you are orchestrating the right environments to pop, pop up and then you're explaining to the kid what they observed, right? Or the expert is explaining to the kid and your job is to enable all that. So your, now your relationship becomes one of serving the kid, not in charge of the kid, like it was in zero to five, right? You are now servicing the kid as, a, as their guru, as their teacher, right? Mom is the first guru, this is your switch gears. Then, in, in the second stage, there are two gears. There are sub-gears. Main gear is I'm serving. But 5 to 10, they are much more easy to teach directly, especially 5 to 8 or 9, depending on how big their body grows hormonally. Right? And at about 8, 9, or 10, 8 onwards, the testosterone level in girls and boys increases up a notch, which means now they will not just learn from you by you telling they will question a little bit. So it's good for you. You have to look forward to that. Now their curiosity and logic is developing and you want to feed that. And if you cannot feed it, you have to find another person, not just say, oh, shut up. Don't, don't ask. I don't know how. It doesn't matter. Don't talk. Let's not discuss. Don't do any of those things. You must feed the curiosity. And if you don't know, you say, I don't know. I wonder how we can find out. So you don't have to know everything. All right. So and then 10, 10 to or 11 to you know 15 is a little bit more discipline and a little bit more respect to them, which means you shift gears again, slice, micro shift, which is consultative. Consultative means I will, we will teach as parents and teachers and whatnot, but along with that, I will consult the kid thing. What do you think? What do you, how should we do this? We're gonna do this. How should we solve this problem? How should we? So now you start consulting the kid. So you are now giving them a little bit more respect because your discipline is gonna be harder too. But along with more discipline, you have to give more respect for you to earn the ability to give discipline. Don't just keep thinking, I'm the boss, I'm the dad, I'm the mom, I know more, I know better, I know what's in your bed, I will tell you, I will make your life, I will give you a career whether you like it. No, don't think of that. Yes, you have to think that I want to have, you know, my child growing and getting happiness, getting a good career, but you need their alignment. Their internal engine has to be turned on. Otherwise, it's like you carrying their weight on your back your whole life. Can't do that. Don't do that. And then the third final gear. So this is the 
one gear, second has two sub gears, third gear is where you treat them like a friend, which means it's truly consultative or suggestive. So you can consult them, but you can also make suggestions. You don't tell them directly what to do. You say, or if they say, I want to do something really stupid, you say, well, I see the consequence of this can be like this or this. What do you think will be the consequences? Right? Suggestive. Suggestive, you can give your knowledge, wisdom, but it comes across like this. So you're treating them like, an, like you would treat a friend. Okay? And as the friend becomes more mature, you become more mature in how you treat the friend. But if the friend remains immature, then you remain like the more mature friend, but friend. Okay, so the three gears. In addition to three gears, there are three hungers we talked about last week. So I'll remind you. There are three basic hungers your brain, ignorant brain of a human being is born with. The first one is actually a language and a grammar hunger. Why? Because without that, no knowledge can land. That's a long story, but I, let me give you in short what that means. That means that if you don't have the word for a concept you are thinking, you have a tough time thinking that concept. And if you have only one word for anger in your brain, then you have a very poor brain. <laughs> There's irritation, there's anger, there's frustration. There are so many, for every emotion, there are so many words, okay? And the child's vocabulary has to learn and develop by picking up all that vocabulary, which means, again, grammar and vocabulary. There's a hunger inside. Hunger inside has to be fed, has to be fed. Minute differences in this and that, right? And you have to feed it logically with the most effective. And we said Sanskrit-based languages have the most effective for speed, for thinking, for creativity, for problem solving, and for happiness. Is the most effective internal grammar to be fed. Any Sanskrit-based language is fine. Okay. And if you don't have any, then you, you begin work with your language, whatever you have. It doesn't, it's not so important. It's just that we're minutely tuning you a little bit if, if you have a choice. Okay. Then the second hunger is curiosity or how things work. There's a logical, there's a hunger to know, oh my God, how does this work? Not just magic. How does gear work? How does a car work? How does this work? How does that work? So you have to feed that by, by figuring out along with the child or explaining to the child either through science or just saying, let's figure this out. Let's open this up. Let's put it together. Let's figure it out. So they, they have a, a, a logical appreciation for understanding how things work. Then the third one is emotional awareness. A child is born with a huge hunger to understand emotions, how to use them, how relationships work. We talked about relationships. So relationships is a sub-part of how emotions work. And then how to understand my own emotions as they're happening, how to observe them, and how to then rise above them. There's a hunger. A child has that need and a hunger to know how to rise above and not just to become an emotional, passionate person who can't rise above them. No, that's not your goal. The goal is to be able to see. And so you talk about your emotions as they're happening and you say, okay, I'm feeling frustrated right now, but that would not be helpful to this situation. We need to solve this problem. So you express your emotion and how you rise above it. When, if you can rise above it. Or when you get angry, you say, I'm so sorry, kid. I just got angry and I said this rude thing to you. Let me calm down. Then we'll continue, then we'll continue our conversation like this. Okay? So there are three gears and three hungers. Sandeep, this is very interesting. Uh, three gears and three hungers, <laughs> which I had, I wish I had known them much earlier okay. when my kids were growing up. But even now when I'm using them, okay. I'm getting so many good results. So really? thank you. Oh, yes. Right. Well, actually, so, it, is true. it is true. It is true. So thank you. Okay. As and I think as will you, our audience. Oh, wow. 
So, welcome to the online samosa where we serve you knowledge in bite sizes. Oh yes. That you will enjoy and it will bring harmony into your lives. Okay. I am Yamini Mitter and okay. I am Sandeep Tiwari and I thought I was going to get a samosa in my mouth, but I'm going to get harmony. Okay. I will, I will take harmony over samosa. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. we will talk on the goals of parenting. Yes. Because this is the part 3 of Uh, our, actually, our parenting season. Parenting season, okay. and uh, we have covered a lot of things in part two okay. and part one before that, show okay. number eight and seven. Okay. So please continue. Continue okay. uh, for this one. So I don't know. We may have some things that may get left out. Hmm. So we may do. We'll we'll do the three yes. series, and then we'll maybe do another one about other relate other parenting related maybe subjects later. Definitely, okay. it'll be great. Okay, good. All right. So. goals of parenting okay we talked a little bit about that goal of so the primary goal of parenting just like we mentioned just now is to make sure that you feed the child's hungers in such a way that they have their best shot at being happy okay in order to be in order to enable a person to strive for happiness they must first level up to survival if you cannot survive you happiness becomes far away okay so many times as parents we get stuck on survival get a good job become a doctor become an engineer become this become that become an architect or you know uh, find a passion and then that becomes your job and you can earn money or i i made so many investment you can just manage my real estate even though you're you're not a very smart kid now don't do all these things right those you have to treat as a necessary step of survival so that you're enabling that person to reach for happiness that's the goal. so that's never forget that this fits in like this but you cannot ignore the survival right okay now what does that mean that means that your goal as a parent is to then say hey uh, how do you get happiness i never got happiness that's okay that's okay you didn't get happiness doesn't mean you take that away from the child you have to get some spiritual understanding not religious if religion bothers you it's not hard. religion means spiritual it means ritual and other things without understanding so i'm a we are science I, i like i'm a science guy right which means i need to understand how things work okay which means that if there is religion being used and i've studied you don't know this but i've studied all the major religions in great depth i've taught many of them <laughs> but that was because i'm just seriously curious about so many things okay so i like religion but because i extract the spiritual the wisdom the usefulness out of it right and i question it i don't just accept it because it's magical or if i follow all the acceptances and i don't question then people will like me more and i have a great need to be liked because i don't like myself and therefore i will just become you know religious no you religion ultimately is there to serve you to become a better human being more loving human being to all people all people if your religion or your spirituality or your personal belief system let's call it personal belief system i don't like the word religion that much okay but many of you do i'm okay with that i like the word religion because i use it correctly in my head but personal belief system right if your personal belief system results in you hating people of other religion other race other sect other class economics right then it's wrong you need to correct your personal belief system and whoever is teaching it to you you need to banish them from your life if someone is teaching you 
that your method of looking at this world is better than other people's, something is wrong. Every system has its pluses and minuses, right? And just because this system suits you, that's a better way to look at it than saying this is universally better, okay? Now, some systems are terrible. Like, for example, <laughs> I'll give you an example. For example, say someone decides, I am anti-science. Anything scientific, I don't like. That's a terrible system. Why? Because science is not a system. <laughs> science is... The reality of cause and effect. That's all it is. You do something, it has an effect. You do something else, it has an effect. Right? That's it. And studying that from a neutral, non-emotional point of view is science. Science is then how nature works, how this universe is made. That's not, it's not a school of thought. <laughs> the approach is a school of thought. Approach meaning that in our approach of thought, we teach that unless an experiment is repeatable, it's not scientific. That's an approach, right? It's an approach, which means the experiments of this type can only be outside your body. Right? There are some schools of thought which allow the same thinking that a repeatable experiment that can be observed giving results consistently is therefore science, yeah, yeah, can be applied internally to my understanding of myself, my ability to manage my emotions, my ability to observe my emotions, my ability to understand my drives, my ability to understand my self-definition of who I am, my identity. And if I use that process and I teach it to you and you also use that process inside your brain, your, your head, and 50, 100 other people do it, and they also get similar consistent results, then that's science. It's called internal. In inner science, it's still science. All right. So science is an approach in the way it's being taught today. Sometimes it's not including the inner, then it becomes an approach, not pure science. Pure science means being a totally open, internal, external, everywhere, right? Okay. So now let's come back. So we were saying that there are three gears, mm -hmm. right? And no, we're talking about goals of prayer. I'm so sorry. Sorry, I, uh, well, we started go. with the goals, but then uh, uh, we did discuss about the 0 to 5 age groups right. uh, and then 6 to 10. You were on the 10 to 15 and then you also finished with that, yes, 16, uh, after yes. 16, yeah, yeah, then you lock your thank friends. You. So, and then I was talking about goals of parenting. So, so the goal of parenting, why did we talk about the three gears? Because underlying the three gears, mm -hmm. your goal has to be clear. Otherwise, the gears are where they're going. Even though I can change the car's gears to one, two, and three, where is the car going, right? Car. So that's the goal of parenting. So your goal has to be clear, which is to create happiness, space for your child after they have reached their survivability stage, right? By some good method, by a method that's appropriate for their, you know, environment, system, behaviors, psychology, et cetera, et cetera, right? You take all that into account. So... Then you have to say, I need to show them a path to the state of happiness, not the emotion of pleasure or the emotion of joy or the, nor the collection of a series of joys. So this is something I'm going to now to say differently. Happiness is not achieved by reaching a state and by reaching a series of joyful events across your whole life. That experiment has been done by thousands and millions of people, and they did not get happiness at the end. What they got was a large number of joys, 
which resulted in them feeling that I can get joy from so many other places, mm-hmm. right? And then their need for joy became at a higher, more difficult level than their current level of joy until they reached a point where joy was no longer happening because that's the nature of joy. It's kind of the only way you know joy is by memory, right? That I had so much fun then and now I want to have the same amount of fun next time. Well, eating the 10th rasgulla was not as much fun as the first one. It can never be. Only the first one is like, the, oh my God, what is this? Mm-hmm. Right? So now you're seeking new experiences that make you go, oh my God. Right? And there's a limit to how many new things you can actually experience that are still healthy for you and your family and for the entire collective community and society. There are, there's a limit. And so you become, uh, what do I call it? An OMG addict. <laughs> 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 okay. Major addict. <laughs> oh, so meaning you keep seeking, oh my God, experiences, right? Because that's, and that does not result in happiness. That can result in a great amount of unhappiness because you are not setting the right example of how repeatable behavior should be a part of your community. What did I just say? Part of what you're trying to establish in establishing a community and the next generation and the next hundreds of generations to be happy is a series of events or experiences that when they are copied are beneficial to all of society for many generations. For example, I'm not going to use plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're stuck with glass or with aluminum, which can be recycled or it can be washed, right? Or steel glasses. Mm -hmm. And when it's copied across society, right? Across entire communities, it is a lot better than using plastic. But someone else can come along and say, hey, but there's a shortage of steel right now. Mm-hmm. Can we switch to some other metal, some other material? Then you say, yeah, we can switch to ceramic because there's plenty of clay on earth. Right? Yes. So then you switch mm-hmm. in such a way mm-hmm. that all of community for the next hundreds of generations. So that is your measure. Measure of your behavior is if this was copied by 7 billion people for the next 100 generations, mm-hmm. it, will it still result in a happy state without causing a giant amount of trash? So the kids in school I've seen from the elementary school onwards, especially elementary, Okay. every class teacher has a goal of teaching the recycling, reuse, recycle, right. all those but things. But is it, is it not a little incomplete the way they teach recycle today? Because, yes. Because I, what happens when it goes to recycle, they don't really study. No. Right? No. They say, let's recycle this, 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 but yes. many kinds of plastics Correct. are not recycled. Not recycled. Yes. Therefore, we should ultimately be getting off of all plastics. Okay. Right? Mm. But till then, we must recycle. So recycle has to be taught Mm. but the picture the biggest picture of recycle Mm -hmm. right which which is the theory that everything in this universe recycles there is everything nothing goes away Mm. so don't create stuff that is difficult to digest (laughs) don't create stuff that is trash classified as trash for the next thousand years Mm. don't not do that why because now you're borrowing from the future when you do that so this is the karmic the universal recycle has to be understood but I'm so glad mm. that they are teaching the concept of recycling, mm. at least at least in the U.S. or in many Indian yes. schools as well, to little kids, mm-hmm. because the concept of recycle has to be understood. Really does, because mm-hmm. even your atma recycles. Mm. We'll come to that. Many atma m- means the soul. Soul, yeah, atma. Atma okay. meaning the not quite soul. Mm. Atma is the way we describe your uh, uh, the identity within you mm. that uh, is karmically evolving. Whatever is not karmically evolving is not Atma. 
It's the, okay. That's the definition. Okay. okay. That's and a very deep topic. It is, it is. But, I, but I, I mentioned this on yes. purpose because yes. at, in some time in the future, we're going to talk about the science of Atman. Is it real? Yes. Is it real? Hmm. If it's not real, we're going to say, there's no Atman. You just made that up. Ghost stories. <laughs> okay. Wait okay. for that one. Wait for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so goal of parenting is this. And if you need to find other spiritual leaders to help under, help bring in the concept of this state of happiness. I haven't described it. So, we just described joys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, above the joys and the series of joys and all the power and plush vacations you can have, none of them result in happiness. Because mm. happiness is not joy-related. It is actually a state. Now, what's a state? What's a, what's a joy? What's a pleasure? Anything that is related to emotion. Related to emo- emotion meaning I felt good is an emotion. An emotion I said last time, last how many seconds? Seven. Seven seconds? Seven seconds. Oh, yes, that last. Yeah. Even an emotion of anger, it only every, lasts. Every long. emotion. When you feel the emotion, the mm-hmm. brain releases a chemical which dissipates and it takes seven seconds to dissipate. So, definition of joy of all emotion is that you can actually measure this chemical being released and dissipating every seven seconds. And if I'm angry for half an hour, it means. Oh, my God. Every seven seconds mm-hmm. or less. I kept saying, I'm angry to myself and kept producing that chemical anger again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm angry. I'm really mad. I'm re- you kept doing that for half an hour. Imagine that. Oh, you miserable person. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to suffer. <laughs> no, Let it no, no, Let just- no, no. Yeah, you made such a good point. Thank you. <laughs> Why would a person uh-huh. create, I'm angry for half an hour? I mean, let, let me say it more loudly. Why would a person <laughs> trigger uh. the chemical release of anger ev- in every seven seconds for half an hour? Why would they do that? Because it was giving them joy. Joy. <laughs> yes. Angry persons enjoying being angry. Even though if you ask them, are you enjoying it? They say, no, I'm angry. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. Then why are you angry still if you're not enjoying it? Mm. They say, because I'm angry, you're frustrating me. So this is called maya. Hmm. Maya meaning, I am, I mean, illusion. Illusion means, I believe that if the world outside changes, then I'll be happy. Therefore, everyone in the whole room needs to adjust. That person needs to change their behavior. That that flight attendant needs to change their behavior. You saw that video with the flight attendant being shouted at. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Right? If, if the whole world changes their behavior, mm-hmm. then I'll be happy. No, you know, then you'll have joy, which will go in seven seconds. And the whole world will be unhappy because it is not a copyable behavior for the next hundred generations by seven billion people. But I just say, if everyone in the world started being angry like you are Mm. for half an hour or five days, whatever, however long your anger lasts, the whole world will be copying that. And for the next hundred generations, then you think the world will be be better. No. No, it won't. That's how you know your behavior is unhealthy for this universe. Stop doing it. Find a different way to express your frustration so that the world will be better. And the world begins with you, your family, and your friends because that's the only universe you live in. Mm-hmm. You, you have no idea what's happening in outer Mongolia. So you live in your universe. Me. For some people, it ends with me. <laughs> Other people, me, my family. Yes. Other people, me, my family, my friends. Nice. Me, my family, my friends, my community, my colleagues. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much that's your universe. Right. So at least respect your universe. Right. It's like saying, don't do something in your bathtub (laughs) that you're not going to enjoy in half an hour. (laughs) 
right? This meaning, the, that the meaning, we live in a small pond. Ultimately, you live in a small pond, mm. even though it's a giant pond for the universe. But yeah. you don't live in all of it. You live in your little pond, right? Yes. Your community. Don't do, don't do bad shit mm. in your own little pond. Mm. Right? Make your behavior be repeatable across several hundred generations. Seven billion people. That's your measure. Okay. Okay. So, the so there's, there's a state. Mm -hmm. The state of happiness mm -hmm. is not seven seconds long. So how long is it? Permanent. Need not be permanent. Oh. But it could, but it's very long. Okay. So when you reach a state of anything, mm -hmm. it lasts for a long time, meaning years. Hopefully years. Sometimes maybe months or tens of months. Hopefully longer if it's a good state. If it's a bad state, mm -hmm. short. Hopefully only ten months or three months or two months, right? So what are other states other than happiness? happiness. Can you think of a state that is not an emotion? It's a tough one. I'm, I haven't I haven't given you any hint, so sorry. Mm. I'll, I'll answer. So there's a state called happiness. Mm. There's a state called depression. Oh, yes. Because depression, if you measure the brain again, scanning, the chem there's no chemical being released every seven seconds that takes, makes the person say, I'm depressed. I'm not happy. No. is there all the time. Months. That's why it's called a state. One more state is? I'm, is love, not lust, because lust is emotion. Mm. Comes, 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 comes. Seven seconds. You have to feed it again. Okay. Feed it again. So it's gone. Right? But love, when you fall in love with someone, or as Swami Chinmayananda, you know, my guru, he says, you must rise in love. <laughs> If you don't rise in love, well, <laughs> bad quality love get out get out <laughs> my English word we're just talking about mm. no word play here when you are in love with someone mm. and you get a big gnash gash on your knee or your ankle and you're bleeding and you're in great pain mm. right mm. so are you in joy are you in the state of joy with the big gnash or a gash in your knee or your ankle mm. with all the blood coming out no you're in extreme pain yeah. does your state of love go away that's how you know that's not an emotion Yeah. Okay. Ah, so, it stays with you. So there are three states of. There are many states. Many At least states. three. I give. For, you. for now, we yeah, discussed yeah. Uh, one is joy. Yeah. Jo no. Oh, sorry, sorry. One is happiness, and then it's depression. You said, and then the one is love. the last one is love. love. Okay. Yeah, you more. You're there, there are more states. Okay. But I'm just giving examples. Hmm. Right. Okay. So here's an. So love is a state. True love. Lust, if you fall into, if you fall in, if you fall into lust, not fall into love, mm. feels like love, but it's not love, because the minute sacrifice comes in, mm -hmm. you don't feel like sacrificing for lust. Then it becomes a transaction. It's not a sacrifice. Yes, observe. Mm. If you're in lust with something, mm. like a object, iPhone, mm. I lust. I don't have it. I lust. Right. I'm willing to do something for it. Mm. Here. I'll cut your grass for six months. Teenager kid says, right? Will you give me an iPhone then? Now you know it's not love because he's transacting. Mm. Right? And it's also temporary because once he gets the iPhone. Well, no, no, no. Do you no, think no. he's going to be happy well, all we, the time? No, we don't know that yet. Okay. But the transaction mm. is a, tra there's a, there is a transaction happening. Yes. Okay. Mm. Similar to many other transactions that happen when people are in lust. <laughs> Transaction. I understand transaction. Mm. So transaction. Lust results in transaction. Love results in sacrifice. Yeah. I'm willing to go without it 
mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. in fact i'm enjoying it mm-hmm. that i'm sacrificing this for you like the example the most standard example of sacrifice is the mother doesn't eat the food gives it to the child and she gets full satisfaction that the child ate it right it's an example of sacrifice not and the sacrifice and selfless love yeah. comes together well, un- okay. unconditional together. good good question yeah okay. so when we say love here mm-hmm. just like yamini just said the way we do now have to describe love in this this way that we just described because most of the languages on earth mm-hmm. across history have not done justice to the this concept of love that exists especially in the sanskrit based languages right especially and today in english it had to be translated as unconditional love mm-hmm. because there is no word in the english or any of the european languages for unconditional love it doesn't exist what do we call in hindi unconditional love so uh, so prem mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. is like that mm-hmm. and uh, and we even say the word pyar yes right? they both are unconditional when they are done in the right way okay right mm-hmm. but because words get this dilution problem mm-hmm. sometimes you will call lust pyar mujhe pyar ho gaya but you're not saying clearly pyar meaning love mm-hmm. in hindi mm-hmm. but you can say i'm in love with this person but it could be just a lustful relationship mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so then you have to say moh moh is closer to attachment yes i'm attached to this phone i want it i'm willing to transact for it i'm in attached to this person i want to have them mm-hmm. and i'm willing to please them i will give you gifts i will do this so i'm transacting now okay. in order to get some satisfaction for me mm-hmm. that's a transaction with more okay not not prem prem yeah. not love yeah. okay so okay. kabir would say mm-hmm. prem mm-hmm. because he says dhai akhar yes prem ka yes. right prem so let's come to the goals of parenting yes <laughs> yes so this is the state Yes. your goal mm. is to enable the child to reach this state of happiness which will stay with him for months years or whole lifetime mm. and one of the necessary things that the child needs to get there mm-hmm. is the ability to do hard things okay so one of your sub goals mm. as a goal towards teaching them how to be happy is My goal as a parent is to teach you that you must try to do hard things and accomplish them. Mm. Not easy things, easy accomplishment and I I made your life so pleasant as a child, now you owe me. A lot of parents are trying to say I had a I had a tough childhood, I want to make my child's childhood pleasant. You just took away the major driver and their shot of happiness because one of the things necessary for happiness is the ability the hunger the inspiration to do hard things by working very hard by learning discipline by managing your mind by managing your focus by not listening to other people's temptations by being able to uh, uh delay gratification these are all components that lead towards happiness so i looks like i'll have to do a whole session on how to reach happiness, happiness. by talking about all these sub goals because these sub goals like delayed gratification etc they don't just apply to children yes. they apply to adult management adult. as well yes. that's why we will cover a whole show on how to reach happiness and some steps some uh, some goal some sub goals to have as well as some exercises or some kind of workshop things that I, we can give you so that and you can use them on your children and yamini can you make a note yes All right. So so we're going 
we have 33 minutes and we covered. So now, you're, I need all the parents to be very clear and grandparents that the goal of parenting is this and you have to assemble a, a, an orchestra of teachers, right? That will enable the best landing of knowledge in the child. And the results will be delayed gratification is learnt. Wanting to do difficult things is learnt, right? Understanding emotions is ongoing, is the engine has started like that. So understanding relationships is engine has started, right? Curiosity to understand how things work. Physics, chemistry, biology, doesn't matter. Is that engine has started, right? And your grammar is solid and your vocabulary is increasing. So these are your components toward leading to happiness. And that is your goal as a parent. Okay. That's okay. it. Now, so we talked about the goal. Now, in this, we talked about three gears. Mm -hmm. So the three gears now have to fit into this goal. That's why you have to listen to one, two, and now three. Without all three together, it's very difficult for me to just, for us to just explain it to you. And then the three gears are the way your attitude is towards the child mm -hmm. at different ages. Mm -hmm. And then the three hungers is what the child has to be fed because that's how you hold their interest. And that's how you inspire them mm -hmm. to want to do difficult things and not be taken aback with the first smell of failure. I think that's a tough one, Sandeep. But no, that's the whole goal. That's not a tough one. That, without that, whole life is a failure. And I think most of the parents don't understand that. They want to make the life for their children more simple and easy. Ah. And uh, that way, they think they're helping their child. But, but, but they're pulling yeah, the rug from under yes, them. Yes, but they're harming their child. And you only come to know later when you, the time has passed. And, <laughs> and, your, and your child is not feeling like accomplishing hard yes, things. Yes, then you think, why? I'm doing the best thing for my child. What happened? Yeah, how come they have no drive? Yes. How come they don't want to do this, that, and the other? And they have these passions for these stupid things or silly things. Yes. Or these temporary things, right? Which, yes. will, which will not result in anything meaningful. Absolutely. So, yes. so, yes. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Because that's why we're teaching this. Because the cost of not teaching this... Mm -hmm. Is very high, and I almost thought about giving a whole section of learnings, teachings from the Ramayan mm -hmm. on how to raise your children. But we'll have to make that a separate session. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because those that's not the pure theory of what we're teaching. The theory is what we're teaching now. That will just be an example mm -hmm. to show you how that theory is being applied. Okay. So that's yet another show in the future. Yes. How many shows are we planning? <laughs> we'll never... Okay. We'll see. We'll it's a wide fun. topic it's and there's a lot it's of fun. things it's to It's fun. It's necessary. Yes, it is necessary, okay. yes. Okay, so we did the three, gear, three gears, the three hungers, mm -hmm. right? Three hungers you have to be very, very aware of. Otherwise, you don't have... You don't have the right handshake with the child. Mm. And the child is not interested in listening to you. Okay. And you need to be humble when you teach because you're orchestrating teachers. You keep saying, I don't know. I'm not the best expert. I don't know this. I do know this. I think I know this. Yes. And then when you shift gears with each other by consulting them, by saying, we're going to do this, what do you think we should do? Then, then you have to respect that consulting, not just write them off, not show them that, that you're smarter than them. Yes. In other words, that if audience, parents, if you think that you're not giving the right kind of advice or the right raising you're doing to your children, then always take advice from wise people around you. It's very, ah, very important. That's a separate good point. Thank you for very pointing important that out. Very important because, yeah. yes, you may think I'm doing the best, but when you see the child turning to be different and say, what went wrong, then you need to get help. Or even something. get, or, or even, what I thought what I heard hmm. is that 
is cultivate relationship with white wise people, wise people before you start the business of raising children yes. because mm -hmm. at the right time under pressure to generate a, a wise relationship is tough so mm -hmm. before you have parents before you become parents mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so you know two at least two people are born when the first child is born in your life you know that oh have you heard that one at least at least two people who are yeah. the first the child is born yes and when you're first, and also a mother is born, also a father. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but we ignore the father. <laughs> but when the first child is born, yes. three people are born. Actually, many people are born, uncles, aunts, grandparents, because first child means that. Yes. Right? Yes. But it may not be the first child for them. They could be a grandparent from somebody else. That's why we don't talk so much about them. Okay. Right? Okay. But definitely in your nuclear little family, mm -hmm. right? Three people are born. Mm -hmm. Your child. Your mm -hmm. wife, right? Mm -hmm. Or the child's mother becomes a mother for the first time. She's mm -hmm. brand new mother. She, what does she know? Remember that. And you become a father. Mm -hmm. right? Three people are born. Mm -hmm. ah. All right. Okay, let's continue. Mm -hmm. So the next point now mm -hmm. is, um, all right. Trans okay, now we want to talk about something very interesting, mm -hmm. which is you need to know as a parent that my children are going to grow from zero to five, and then one day they will be six years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they will be 15 to 16 years old, <laughs> which means three years, yeah. right? You need to be prepared when the child is born with how to shift gears, and the gear should exist in your head. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you will elongate the power and ego you felt when they were a zero, 0 to 5, right? Into 0 to 30. Because oh. that feels so good. Hmm. In every gear shift, you're losing power. Direct power. You're gaining influence. And people say, oh, I don't like influence. It's not 100% guaranteed. I want to keep my power. So I want a child that listens to what I say and does what I say. And you just took away their happiness and put it in the trash. Mm. What a wretched parent you are, sorry to say. You have no right to do that. You have no right to take away a child's happiness away from them. In fact, your whole purpose of being parent was to enable that. And for your ego, for your power, for you not wanting to share decision-making with the child, right? You're doing this and you're thinking that all's well that ends well. Hmm. Ends justifies the mean. Bogus. Wrong. You're, you're merely custodians of that young life. It's not yours. You don't own it. You never owned it. How do you feel like you, you are owned by something else? Really? You want, you want to live a life of being a slave? Really? Really? <laughs> no, I don't want to give, but I want to take. You're greedy if you think like that. Stop. Why do I tell you this? I want you to stop if that's what you're doing. You are merely custodians of that young life and its path to its happiness. Mm -hmm. So the gear must be clear to you and you must be ready to start shifting it. How do you start preparing for the shift? By using it on your aunt's kids. I mean, your older kids, older cousins and friends' kids that are older than them, that are at that age, and you start practicing the shift gear. 
So you're ready when your kids are hitting that. So when you say you practice it with the yeah. other kids, how how are you practicing? So what for example, say my I have a three year old. So mm-hmm. I'm now I'm, you know I'm big daddy. I get to control. But his cousin or some friend has an eleven year old. Mm-hmm. So I go to the eleven year old and I do consultative play. My play isn't here. Let me show you how to play cricket. No. It is. Let's see. What can you do with a cricket ball? How how much do you know? Hmm. Tell me how you show me how you hit it. Oh, I like the way you hit it. I like to hit it like this, because then I get this control, this control. Do you want to see if that works for you, or, you try, or we can try something different? Consultative selling, consultative hmm. teaching, hmm. rather than what you would do with a six, five-year-old. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you how this is done. Yeah. You put this Lego piece like this. Hmm. Now you do it. Yes. Come. Okay. So gear shift, consultative. More like a friend then. But consultative. Friend happens at fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. At sixteen, friend means mm-hmm. that you you basically respect them as an like they're an adult. Yeah. Right. So what's the second gear shift? Right. Mm-hmm. So in ten year old, I can still say no, don't do that. That's wrong. That's dangerous. Okay. In a friend, I'm not going to say that's dangerous. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you do that, we might both. You know, lose something, and I'm not sure if I want to do that. Are you sure you want to do that? Mm-hmm. So, it's like I talk to a friend, I wouldn't talk down to a friend badly. Yes, right. Okay. I wouldn't give them commands all the time. Mm-hmm. If I give them a command, command later on, I'll apologize because that was not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Friend, friend means at some level we are sort of equal, mm-hmm. but only differentiation is who's more mature in that area. But we're still. But a ten-year-old or a fourteen-year-old, I can still teach them stuff and say, "No, don't do that. You will not do that." Mm-hmm. And I can just say, "Time out." I'm not going to do, give a time out to a friend. Yes. What do What do you do? What do you do with a friend? You put them in silent treatment, <laughs> right? Okay. Wretched behavior. Don't do yeah. that. You should have. You, if you have a good friend, you should have an ability to discuss difficult subjects with them. Like, dude, you did that on that day. Mm-hmm. That made me look so bad. I'm sure you you were just trying to, you know, make the situation better for everyone there. But I wasn't there, mm-hmm. and you did it at my cost. Now people think I'm the bad guy. You need to fix it. You're my friend. You caused it. You fix it. You go back and tell them. Okay. Okay. And then we're even. So you must be able to have a difficult conversation with your friend. Yeah. You wouldn't do that with a 14 year old. Yes. Right. With a 14 year old, be a different conversation. It'd be like, see, when you do that. That makes our whole family look bad. Mm. So you shouldn't be wanting to do that. It's okay. I'll take care of it now. I'll tell them, right? And maybe you can come with me. You can see how I fix it. Mm. But you know, part of what you're learning, which is I'm so happy you're learning, is the awareness of how to look after you, my reputation, your reputation, or your families, or uh, somebody else, your sister, whatever, whatever, whoever you hurt mm. in that particular example. Just an example. This isn't not the only example. The hundred. So you're con- It's a different level. It's a different gear. You see the gear? Yes. So these are the the transition you said. From- so the transition has to be practiced mm. even before your child hits that age, which is why in many cultures we have ceremonies for kids that reach different age groups. Mm. Like, for example, in yeah. the in the Jewish tradition, by eleven they have a bar mitzvah Good. or a bat mitzvah for their daughter or their son. Okay, right? Okay. We have a thread ceremony. Correct. Right. At at, at there's a, there's an a preferred age group where we have it, but you can delay it because people have circumstances or your kid may not be so developed, etc. Right? So so you should mark 
the age five to age six transition. Age six should be an important transition in, and you should mark it with something. Something. Right? You should, you should, you, I mean, we can talk about in different cultures, in different families, they do different things, right? And then when the kid hits uh, 11, maybe, right? Because five to 10 is different. 11 is a kind of a shift, mm -hmm. right? When the kid hits 11, you can say, okay, now you're 11. Mm -hmm. And you can have a conversation about something that you never would have had with a 10-year-old. And the kid feels the gear shift. It's, it's not like the celebration is with gifts. A gift-based celebration doesn't land in the gear shift sensor of the child's brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, a I'm not a fan of that. Mm -hmm. I'm a science guy. <laughs> and, I, and like I said earlier, we want the results to land. Otherwise, mm -hmm. right? So the conversation you have with a six-year-old when they hit, when they're first turned six, you have a slightly more mature conversation. You say, you know what? Now you're six years old. We have so much science and fun things we can learn and figure out. Uh -huh. And I'm so looking forward to doing that with you. And the child will be like, oh, that's my hunger. You're <laughs> going to feed my hunger? And he will hold you to it. Mm. Oh, and if you don't deliver, you are a deadbeat dad or a mom. Oh. So you this say is the, it. This is a hunger for curiosity. curiosity. Yeah. Because that his, his brain is already grown. Mm -hmm. He's ready. We know it's hungry. We know it's ready, right? Because Chanakya said, and we are all, all, all experience, right? So now we're going to experience, we're going to help figure out how things work, and then we're going to use that knowledge to build stuff and surprise people. Mm -hmm. And the kid will go, oh, can you start now? <laughs> okay, at age 11, oh, I'm so glad you're 11. I was, I've been looking forward to this age. Now, I'm going to, I have somebody I can use as a consultant. If I have to buy something, I'm going to ask you. What do you think? Oh, I'm looking forward to this age now. Mm -hmm. Right? If I have to do some project around the house, I'm going, to, I'm going to consult you and you can kind of be my work buddy with me. You can, if I have to fix the toilet or something, I'm going to have you join me and we're going to try and figure out how things work and I'm going to consult you and I'm going to even, you know, and I would love to take your advice. Mm -hmm. You tell the kid, take your advice. And the kid's like thinking, now he, most of the resistance that you see with teenagers, mm. because, because now you just gave them respect and you showed them how they can earn more respect. And they're going to be so careful with their consultative advice that they give you. So you're saying that if we do not follow this particular... I'm telling you how to practice gear shift. And, okay. the, the, and these are events, these mm. conversations are mm. events that you mm. can use to mark the transition. Okay. So if you see in a, a, a child from between 16 and 25, like you said, you know, the, you can treat, you have to treat them like friend, but you see them very rebellious. And uh, then what should you do? And mm -hmm. that means, is that the result of that you did not treat them as a consultant when they were 11 years old? Hmm. It's possible. Okay. But rebellion can come from internal frustration also which means that you didn't build enough what is called delayed gratification mm -hmm. and inspiration to do difficult things. Okay. See, those two result in mm -hmm. an inner confidence mm -hmm. that I can take on difficult challenges mm -hmm. and I'm not frustrated to the point of becoming rude, rebellious, or angry mm -hmm. just because I'm facing some possible failure. But it could also be a result of you not doing enough... Because what the consultative... 
uh, you can say gear shift does mm -hmm. is that it starts to build their innate ability to have delayed gratification. It's an important piece of that learning. Yes. Okay. So they're related, yes. but I want to express to you that that behavior is a result of that lesson not landing by, because that lesson can be learned by so many methods. The methods I'm telling you mm -hmm. are the good ones, are the you know, are tried and true methods. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there are other methods by, by which you can, which you should be using, and we can when we talk about that subject at that time. Sure. Then, like you know, how to how to grow adults or kids into into better, mm -hmm. more mature adults mm -hmm. or kids. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, then we will talk about some workshop kind of ideas of how you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you're you're right. Mm -hmm. It is related. Okay. Right. But your other point mm -hmm. <laughs> is that whatever kind of child you've produced mm -hmm. <laughs> at whatever age. Is is a is a to a large degree, not entirely, a large degree, a result of their environment, and you are a big part of their environment. Yes. So you have to take the ownership for that, right? Mm -hmm. By saying, my child has developed well in these areas, but this other area we're still work in progress. We're still working on this because I tried to teach that earlier, didn't land. Mm. But I'm trying now, again, or maybe I at some point, my maybe I need therapy, right? I need to get a therapist for the kid because. That one lesson is so important and if for whatever reason, it hasn't landed. So either you have a wise person in your family that you cultivate mm -hmm. and then you ask them and they say, okay, let me see if I can help or they recommend, go, go get a therapist because now this is time. I don't have that much time. Therapist is the right thing to be done, but 25 hours of, you know, focused attention by a therapist on a weekly basis and, mm. and, then, and then that works. So if your question is how best to use a therapist's time, then I, one quick line, you must have a clear goal of what you want. When you meet the therapist, you tell them, I want, this is my goal. I want to develop this skill. I want to overcome this fear. I want to X, Y, Z, one thing specific. And then you solve that. And then you say, now I want to solve this next thing. Okay. It always has to be completely, specifically, specifically, specific goal-driven. <laughs> okay. You're not specific. There's no general therapy. Sorry. For general, for general therapy, read Ramayan. <laughs> it is therapy 101, if you don't know it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's wonderful. And you said 11 year olds, that's more of a consultant. Consultative okay. approach. Great. Right. Great. And now, what goes next? So, the 16, right? Mm -hmm. 16 is when you treat them like a friend. Mm -hmm. Right? Friend means. That you respect their ego and you are very careful how you say no, mm -hmm. right? And the, the decision making is consequence based, reason based. You say, we should do this for this, this, this reason. Mm -hmm. Even if your reason is because, you know, I have a little weakness in, emotionally and uh, that's why I want to do this. Let's go to that particular uh, location for our picnic, mm -hmm. right? Or for our hike, mm -hmm. because I have a just a we I'm in I have a weakness for that cliff over there that I I love that view over there it really does something for me. Mm -hmm. So you your reason isn't logical, mm -hmm. but it's clear and it's on the table. Mm -hmm. And somebody else can say, yeah, I can see that. Last time you were really happy, but logically speaking, we have never climbed this other peak over there. So let's go hiking there this time. We'll come back to that another time because we do want to cover all the new things. Because who knows, maybe the new site might be even better than the site you want to go to. Mm -hmm. Now you've countered his open reason mm -hmm. 
with a better logic. And the discussion should be like this. Hmm. Result-oriented, hmm. meaning if, the, if we do this, what could be the consequence? And if we do this, what could be the consequence? Which consequence do we prefer? And what are the reasons, pros and cons for each? So your decision-making becomes like that, like it would be with a friend, right? Mm -hmm. How would you... Now, over, over time, what happens is you see that my, your friend and you are somewhat in tune. You've already established this and you just call up the friend, hey, let's go do there, mm -hmm. do this or do that. And he goes, okay. But that's because you've already established this. But with your 16-year-old, you haven't established that. He's just turned 16. <laughs> Don't overlook that. Don't start treating your 16-year-old like an old friend. That's a mistake. Old friend. Ah, because old friend, you've established all the ground correct, rules. Correct. You have no ground rules with your new freshly minted 16, 17-year-old. So you have to now make the ground rules for your future relationship. That foundation has to be made. If you don't invest in making that, hmm. you're going to have a lousy adult-to-child relationship. So now we need a class on, or we need a, a whole session on foundations of relationship. But we've been thinking about foundation relationship mm. as, a, as a whole, maybe series of three, uh, you know, part one, part two, part three mm -hmm. in the future. Mm. So we will create, mm. we will broadcast a foundations of relationship series because that's so important. Mm. But that applies here. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so we covered all the three stages. Three stages, and you have okay. to start practicing that with older kids mm -hmm. whenever you have access to them, so that you're ready when you have it. When you have it. And that way you're not so attached. See, each stage mm -hmm. gives bring, comes with a lot of more for you if you're not an elevated person. And more is? More is attachment. attachment. Okay. The bad attachment. The bad attachment. Yeah, the bad kind of attachment. Okay. You should, your ideal relationship with a child is detached love. Detached love. I love them because I'm a custodian. Hmm. Attached love is I'm the owner of this child. Yes. <laughs> they're my child. Of course, they're your child, but you don't own them. You're the custodian. You're the guardian. Hmm. De detached love is considered a more purer love because mm -hmm. it results in the right actions for that child's interest rather than the actions that are serving, self-serving you. Hmm. You need to get away from you. I've heard that sentence from Sadhguru also. Oh, really? Yes, he says very similar. Like well, there's a lot, lot of our, mm -hmm. and you know, he's amazing. Yes. And there are a lot of our texts are amazing. Mm -hmm. But they have to be explained by someone who understands. Mm -hmm. That's what makes them alive. Yes. There's a lot of knowledge floating around. Mm -hmm. Knowledge floating around is like, uh, is like you walk into a room, Right? That has a nice lavender or some smell, right? So you enjoy it. When, but when you walk out after 10 minutes, there's no perfume on you. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't land. Uh, hmm. you, so in order for that lavender to land on you, what do you do? You have to buy perfume. <laughs> okay. You have to apply the perfume, okay. right? Okay. Which means you need a knowledgeable person to explain that knowledge to you in such a way hmm that it changes the way you perceive and think, mm -hmm. which is equivalent in this analogy of you applying the scent or, or the flavor mm -hmm. on you mm -hmm. so your skin is actually now different than it was before. A shift has had to happen. So wise people, good teachers, mm -hmm. cause 
the knowledge to shift the way you perceive until that shift happens, I use the word shift in this way, and I use it a lot, so I'm so glad we're discussing this. Mm -hmm. Until that change in perspective happens, the knowledge didn't become yours, even though you can remember it and regurgitate it. It's not yours yet. Mm -hmm. That means that aroma is not yours yet. You bought, the, you bought the perfume you put in your pocket, you can show it every time. Mm -hmm. But you still smell like fish or whatever you smell like, <laughs> or bad smell. <laughs> Okay, but not lavender. <laughs> well, Any no, meaning, meaning if you don't have the knowledge, you yes. stink. Are you kidding me? Yeah. In this analogy, mm. if you don't have knowledge that has shifted the way you perceive, mm. you smell. You're a bad smell. Stupid people, meaning effectively unintelligent, ignorant people, mm -hmm. are not a pleasure to be around. Mm. Interesting uh, lines in this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not a pleasure to be around who that's are right. ignorant. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you know who, Swami Chinmananda says this very nicely. So mm -hmm. I'll say, I'll quote him. Mm -hmm. One of the things he says is, uh -huh. if, you, if you don't like being by yourself, mm. if you don't like your own company, why inflict it on others? Yes. <laughs> yes. I have heard that many times. Yeah. I have followed Sant Swami Chinmananda also. And yeah. Great so, so, what a nice way to explain mm -hmm. that, you know, I hate being alone. Some people say, oh, I, yeah. I need company. I'm a codependent. Mm -hmm. I always need to have somebody. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It means you don't, you don't like, you don't enjoy your own company. If you don't enjoy your own company, mm -hmm. don't inflict it on others. Go become a nice enough person that you can enjoy your own company. That means, what, is the, what are some signs of people who enjoy their own company? Their room is organized and kept well. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the room being organized yeah. need not be neatly stashed. That's not an organized room. Sometimes people think that if everything in the, is in a proper place and everything and all the junk is under the bed, yeah. so it looks nice, uh -huh. that's organized. That's not organized. Organized means you know where everything is, first of all. Ah. Then you know what the state of everything is. So this mm. clothes, these clothes need washing. This book needs to belong there because all the books that are dictionaries are over here. All the nonfiction are here. All the fiction are here. So I put everything in its place because I or someone else should be able to access them. Those books should be not just for me. They're books. My clothes should be clear that they are. These are to be washed. These have been worn, but maybe worn again, mm. and these are fresh. And they have to be kept separate. Why? Mm. Because why am I going to mix my dirty laundry with my clean laundry? Not. Because then the smell will, uh, you know, it'll transfer from one to the other. Correct. So, so you organize your room, mm -hmm. meaning organize, not 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 necessarily great looking. Uh -huh. Organize like this on based on functionality purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And once you start doing that, mm -hmm. you will find that there's a strong relationship between the organizing organization inside your brain and in your room, and. If you have a giant mess in here or you're unhappy emotionally because you're an emotionally unevolved, non-elevated person, right? Then you have a tough time cleaning your room. Ah. Because <laughs> one is a reflection of the other. You cannot just start cleaning your room when you feel totally disorganized inside. Your, your mind, your brain will say, let's organize this first, then we'll do the room. That's why you don't do the room. Right? So you have to say, I need help. Hmm. See, the minute you say, three days have gone by, I've not cleaned my room, it looks like a mess, yeah. right? You say, that means there's a problem here, obviously, and it's showing you the problem over here, mm -hmm. and I don't have a solution. 
Because if I had a solution, I would have figured out how to feel better in here and I would have cleaned my room. So you say, I need help. Can someone help me? And here's what I'm going to tell you now. Once you clean your room, even though this is a mess here, it helps you organize this. And if you organize this, you'll find it helps you organize your room. It's a two-way street. Mm. And once you know that, then you use the reverse street, meaning you clean the room first. Mm. Clean meaning organize, not under everything under the bed, no. Organize your room Mm. because it helps you organize your brain. And once you organize your brain, you organize your room. So you use one to help the other, one and the other to help the one. Similar to the whole concept of yoga, when we talk about yoga, there's another session we will have, which is mind-body integration. This is what mind-body integration is about. How I can use my mind to change my body. How I can use my body. Good. So we discussed the three gears, the three hungers, and the three stages. Yes. And the transition. Transitions. Very important because Mm -hmm. the transition needs to be practiced. Now, what remains Mm -hmm. for us to talk about is, oh, this is one I really want. Maybe I can we do this? I I want to talk about how to praise your kids. Yes. Because we talked about how to discipline up to now. Correct. How to praise your kids so that the praising results in the child's curiosity, child's creativity, mm-hmm. child's uh, ability to be happy, to be bolstered, increased. Ah. Because you can praise the wrong way. <laughs> I didn't know that you could praise the wrong way. Praise, praise <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So yeah. there. So there please, are, yeah, you know, yeah. tell us about so that. So I'm, I'm going to cover that. Different examples. Yeah. Okay. So okay. you know, let's cover it in a short time, Rao. We don't do have a little bit of time, not okay. much, but let's do that. Okay. It's yeah, because important. this is an important part of this yes. session, right? Okay. Correct. Okay. Thank you for that. I'll, let me cover it. So first of all, you must praise mm-hmm. when it is earned, and you must not praise just to make them feel good when it is not earned. If they haven't earned it. You don't have to praise. You have to say, hey, that's a good outcome. I'm so lucky. We're so lucky it happened. Because he didn't earn it, but the right outcome happened. You have to say okay. We got lucky. Mm-hmm. You have to count our luck. So you must have this gratitude for luck also. Luck means, luck mean, yeah, gratitude yes. for luck because uh-huh. you have to accept mm-hmm. that the environment can be helping you. See, you're a, if you're a good person and many other people are doing lots of good work around you, you will have a, what is called a conducive environment. Many nice things will just come to you without you having worked for it. Mm. So then you don't ex- assume you earned it. Don't assume. Always give credit where it's due. So if you haven't, if it's not due to you, mm. say, how lucky, something, somebody is being kind to us. I, I didn't earn it. But goodness just came. Thank you. But you recognize I didn't earn it. Somebody. If I can find out who gave it, who earned it and gave it to us, mm. I'll thank them in person. Okay. So you must praise when it's earned. Mm. You must recognize luck, right? And do not praise when it's not earned. That's first part, first layer of praising. Mm-hmm. And the second part of praising is that you must praise everyone involved, not just your kid, mm-hmm. not just you. You say, I'm so glad I chose to go on this road for this destination because the other road I heard is clogged. Credit comes to you. Yeah. You pick the road. Mm-hmm. You have some prior knowledge or some gut feeling, something, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Great comes to you. Then you have to say, but I did kind of hear on the news that the other way might be clogged. Give credit wherever it's due, even if nobody ever heard of it. Don't just take all the credit. Mm. So your child did really well in soccer. You say, hey, you did a great job. Team. <laughs> yeah. Your team did a great job and you really contributed to your team. Give credit where it's due. Yes. Okay. So praise the right way. Oh. Which means your bigger picture of how the universe functions is on, not just your universe is me and my child. See, if you decide your universe is me and my child, my, my whole goal is to raise my child, everyone else is their problem, right? That child is their parents, everyone. Then you just missed the entire boat on happiness. You became selfish and mm -hmm. egotistical and me, me, and mine. And you taught your kid to be me, mine, me, mine. And now he's permanently unhappy. Because you took that away from him because you were so worried that I need to get my kid to survivability. Usually, that's the usual driver. I need to get my kid to get a good job, better than my neighbors, so that I feel good. Oh. Me, 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 me. And you took away the potential of your child becoming Madame Curie. Because <laughs> you <laughs> forced them to become an engineer. It's just like that. <laughs> Something because you want to be better than your neighbor's kid. Don't do that. You teach them, have difficult goals. And then they feel like they're strong enough to have difficult goals. They're inspired. Then they do accomplish big things. And the big things are bigger than your imagination on an average. I'm going to say every time, but I'm going to say on an average. I'll say just for now. <laughs> okay. okay. So how to praise. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, in each stage, Janakya has three stages mm -hmm. or four because we divided one into two. Is, there's a different style of praise. Ah, Slightly different style, which is appropriate for that person's maturity at that time. Right. Okay, okay. So the praising must be mm -hmm. for the three hungers, if possible. Because that way you feed the hunger too. Mm -hmm. Because if the hungers are not fed with praise, mm -hmm. then the child becomes less curious. So the three hungers again are the grammar, yeah. curiosity, and the emotion. Knowledge. Knowledge. So grammar means grammar, vocabulary, okay. combination, okay. language. Language skills. Mm -hmm. But I call it grammar because... Rudimentally or fundamentally, it's grammar, but it's language skills. Okay. Which means how to think about concepts inside your head. Hmm. So if you're praising the child in that age group and with no, those no, hungers. No, 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 no. In each age group, hmm. you must praise the three hungers. Oh, okay. Three hungers. But in each age group, the way you praise the each hunger will be slightly different because the child cannot... If I say to the child at four years old... Mm -hmm. Wow, I love your vocabulary. You used great use of etymology and, and understanding the roots of those words. And that was a good use of that word. And the kid go, what? <laughs> what? Yes. Okay. Okay. No? So you must praise the three hungers mm -hmm. in a way that the child will understand or that young adult will understand or that friend will understand at that age, each age group. Okay. Okay. So what are you really praising? You're not praising the person. You're awesome. Mm. That's, a, that's only the start of the praise if you say it by mistake. <laughs> okay. Great vocabulary. I like the way you use that word over there. Awesome. Mm. Okay. 
not you but i like the way you I used like i like the way you used it so right. the the thing you did is being praised mm. not i love you you're good mm. right that's perfect worst kind of praise to a kid is oh my god you got straight a's mm. that's perfect mm. now you just gave him the perfection disease and perfection disease when i do consulting we do consulting work and i do a lot of consulting work i do a lot of life coaching work with some people mm. it's a so much hard work to get rid of in a person they keep trying to think if i can change the world so that i look perfect then i'll be happy <sighs> no you won't happiness is not happiness is the state state you will never be happy even when things are perfect you will not be happy because then you'll find something else that's not not quite perfect or you'll say this is done what about the next one because you know to, to get perfection you have to become a worry wart a worry wart is a person who loves to worry mm. if a person loves to worry mm. they're going to make unhappiness everywhere they go because every time they'll say now we need to worry about this oh you solved that one okay now we need to worry about that <laughs> and they're always worrying 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 and mm. putting a damper putting a punch in your face every time you solve a problem mm. because they don't understand that if you can solve these three last worries you'll probably solve the next one why am i worrying mm. stop worrying so to worry worst advice is test the people around you by talking about three worries if they get solved stop worrying put your brain on right But but I'm worrying. I'm, no, stop worrying. If someone can solve your three worries, they can solve your next hundred worries. Mm. But I don't know that. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> stop being so short-sighted. Okay. Grow out of it. Okay. Uh-huh. Come back. Yes. So in each stage, the mm. praising is different. Yes. Yes. So now you want examples in each one? <laughs> vocabulary, like you said. Yeah. No, language, language skills, skills is one. Okay. So mm-hmm. how the how you that was a great analogy. Mm-hmm. right a great um, uh, uh, simile right or, or a great metaphor mm-hmm. or a great vocabulary meaning a good use of that word perfect use or not perfect but a very good use of that word okay. and never phrase by saying that's perfect yes okay. stop mm-hmm. in fact the minute you say that's perfect you say unfortunately <laughs> okay things are never perfect and they should never be perfect it's okay mm-hmm. we're okay with with okay with the high effort mm-hmm. the goal is i put in my best effort that's it not the result okay karmanye vadikaraste not the result my okay. okay so the next so in each stage right uh-huh. so child mm-hmm. you praise by saying this right mm-hmm. wow wouldn't that be nice right if we can figure this out wouldn't that be nice so, mm-hmm. and then later on when they're six or eight years old you explain how that works mm-hmm. but you leave that door open right but at that stage they did something and you say wow you did that so wonderfully i like the way you did that if it's a, if it's something you want the child to repeat mm. if the child takes a toy and throws it away at you and you go pick it up again the child will throw it again why because you just taught him mm. that if you, the game is you throw i pick uh-huh. i'm the dog you throw i fetch don't <laughs> don't teach a dog uh, your kid that game mm. if he throws it mm. you just you just pick, you pick up the kid and you say let's go see where it landed and then you come back You don't, oh, okay. you don't even pick it up. Okay. Why? Uh-huh. Because the kid has to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and the kid will look at you and look at the toy like, oh, you want the toy? Okay, let's go there and you pick it up. Oh, okay. To pick it up, you bring it back. Now, if the kid throws it again, 
They know they have to pick it up. <laughs> right? Oh. So don't play the wrong repeat game. Make the game fun and the right lesson is included. It's a form of praise only, right? Okay. Okay, so then from five, five, I mean six onwards, you have to praise their analytical ability, their curiosity, mm -hmm. their language skills when they have the appropriate word. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the appropriate word, inline correction. I think the word you're looking for is this. This word means this and that word means that. Let's look it up. Mm -hmm. And you open a dictionary. Mm -hmm. So now the kid learns how they can find a more precise word mm -hmm. when they don't have it, but you gave it to them. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep giving it to them, they'll think, oh, dad, what's the right word? Mm. Last three times you gave me the right word. Now you're the permanent dictionary. I'll never look it up. Uh, Wrong habit. Okay. Yeah, repeat. Okay. Now the dictionary is in here, so it's easy, right? You always have access to a dictionary. In my in when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was I was lucky. Not to say lucky, because my dad had 32 different types of dictionaries in our house. Wow. And I love to read them. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Very nice. yeah, now we have a hundred kinds of dictionaries. In here. <laughs> right? you don't, most of you don't even know the names of so many kinds of dictionaries, but they exist. Yes. Dictionary of words, dictionary of word origins, dictionary of symbols, dictionary of biology, dictionary of medical terms, dictionary of physics, dictionary of, and we have them all. Mm. So many dictionaries. Okay. All right. So you praise the three hungers. Mm. Everything boils down to the three hungers. Okay. And you have to really you have to think hard. You have to change the way. So you're not praising the end result. You're not praising the, 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 the grade A. You got the grade A. You know, my dad would not praise me because I got a grade A. He'd say, did you understand? Ah. He praised my understanding of things. Okay. So we, you talked about the praise at the age between 0 to 6 and then 6 to? So, so 6 to 10, 10, 10, right? Yes. Now from 11 onwards, mm -hmm. you're consultative with them. Right? Yes. A little bit more. Which yes. means you have to praise their creativity even if the idea doesn't work. Because mm. that's the hunger. Curiosity is, relates to creativity. Mm. Right? Mm. So if you don't praise the creativity, they'll become less, less creative. So sometimes you have to say, I can see this creative idea is no good. <laughs> it's not going to work. Mm. So you set it up by saying, you know, I love your idea. Such a creative idea. Mm. It may not work, but that's not going to stop me. We're going to do it anyway. And now the kid learns it's worthwhile pursuing creativity, even if the result is not going to be what you intended. Mm -hmm. But we, and you, and you say, we learned this instead of that. Mm -hmm. And you thank them for that idea because you learned something different. Mm -hmm. And the kid learns, oh my God, my idea is really appreciated. And there's no such thing as pure failure as long as you learn something from it. Beautiful. That's a very good point. And now the next uh, age, 16, 16 onwards. onwards. So 16 onwards, mm -hmm. you have to praise their ability, especially because this is the age in which it's been tested. Mm -hmm. So their ability to be mature emotionally with you. Hmm. So say you explain something difficult or you explain that you can't do this, but in a nice friendly way. And the kid goes, okay. And then you go, I am so happy you're so mature now. Mm. Right? Because I was worried how you take my feedback about mm. not being able to do this, but you didn't get angry and you were very calm. And I really appreciate that. Mm. I appreciate the fact that you were able to uh, uh, stay calm and still express your true emotion mm. because it takes a lot of guts to do that. And I really appreciate your guts because to express your emotion is 
a brave thing. Yeah. And I see it and I want to appreciate it. And the kid will go, oh my God, really? I can express my emotion and you won't have a cow? No, you just made a best friend. Hmm. It's like that. Very nice, Deep. So I think we are out of time. Okay. And today, <laughs> we covered such an interesting topic, the three gears, the three hungers, and in different age groups, and what Chanakya divides them into. And then the and praising. The praising. Praising yeah. is so important because, right. yes, you can use, like you said, you can discipline, but praising is very important at the same they time. They go together hand in hand. And yes. the goals of life must be aligned because oh. if your goal is wrong, yes. then your car will go into a marsh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are the goals. All the three gears are working, but yeah. you're in a march. Right. The goals of parenting. Yeah. So if you like, if you're liking what you hear and are curious about what we cover in the next show, you can follow, subscribe or like our channel on Spotify and uh, on YouTube yes. to support us. And yeah. we would love to hear your feedback on YouTube. You can write us on the comment box. We would really appreciate that so that, you know, we yeah. also know how to make our next shows better. 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 And... Uh, <clears throat> Our uh, show is released every Sunday at 7 p.m. Yeah. And uh, you can reach us at uh, the online samosa without getting hungry. The <laughs> online samosa at gmail.com. Uh -huh. And our telephone number is 669-228-2810. And if you are still listening to us at this point, we I recommend that you go through numbers 7 eight and this is show number nine mm -hmm. back to back mm -hmm. and with a notebook because some many of you have been reaching out to us and i've been giving you this advice in, to those people specifically but now we're giving it over there that that uh, you can unless you make notes the shift doesn't happen it's just entertainment for you mm -hmm. and for someone like me and i i like to listen to at the YouTube at speed 1.5 because 1.0 is kind of slow because wherever the point becomes important or valuable, I switch to a slower speed or put pause, mm -hmm. I make some notes and then I go back to speed 1.5. I find that works really well. I recommend that to other people. I re recommend that to you. Mm -hmm. And these three are back to back and especially number one may appear like it's simple and it's only talking about emotion and ego and mouse and Ganesh and things, but it's very fundamental to other two layers. Mm -hmm. The whole other two shows episodes are built entire is are built on that foundation so till then a warm namaste from yamini mitter and a namaste from sandeep tiwari and remember the online samosa